What's good, everyone? Uh, welcome to this sermon viewing event. Uh, to those of you that are right here in the Linden campus, uh, where I'm uh, currently doing this, uh, to the Grand Blanc and Pontotoc House campuses, and to any of you that are on vacation or, or sick, can't make it, or a friend shared this and you're just watching along, you know, welcome. Glad you guys could join us in this. So. Uh, my name is Pastor Carl, and I get the privilege of uh, really starting a new series this month uh, on human relationships uh, and, and our interactions within those. And so I get to speak on this topic that is, is fascinating to me, and it's been fascinating to me for a long time, and that is friendship. Uh, right now, you're looking at the Mortal Kombat graphic for friendship right now for all you 90s gamers. <laughs> you know? uh, but yeah, friendship is a fascinating topic to me. And so a couple of weeks ago, I, I put out a, a couple of questions on social media about friendship. And it was interesting to see the results. I heard back from about 100 people, which was more than I expected, uh, because this is a topic that people want to talk about and want to explore and want to know how to navigate. And so in that, you know, it was really about the expectations and about the roadblocks. And so some of the expectations that I saw, you know, you'll see it on the slide there, honesty, safety, care, a similar worldview, love, connection, dependability, intuition, maturity, availability, good communication, non-judgmental respect. Those were the things that people expected from their friends. And, and, and you should expect stuff from your friends and you should actually communicate that to your friends. So um, that was, it, was a, it was a cool list, a, a good thing to kind of glean. Um, some of the roadblocks, not worth investing. Busyness, that was a big one. Lack of communication, being misunderstood. Insecurities, uh, you've reached the limit of friends. That was another big one where it's just, I don't know that I have the capacity for more friendships. Breaking into existing friend groups, that was huge. And I, I personally think that's one of the largest uh, roadblocks for adults looking to make new friends. Uh, you're a homebody. You just like the house. <laughs> uh, unaligned values and lack of proximity. Um, these, these were the roadblocks to friendship. But there was really one thing that kind of rose above all of that. And in almost everybody's answers to their questions, somewhere along the way, this word was, was in there or alluded to. And, and even in some of these answers, you'll see it. And that word is trust. Trust is powerful. I, uh, <laughs> I was on a missions trip. It was actually my first missions trip with Freedom Center Church. And we were in Erendira, Mexico. Beautiful people, wonderful people. Um, <laughs> but we, we did work. I, I love missions trips that are multi-year. They're a partnership um, and, and trips where you go in and you help them instead of having a preconceived notion of what you're going to do. And so, you know, we went in, we were helping them with their church, you know, different building projects, stuff like that. 
And every night we would gather together for this, uh, for a meal. That was, you know, the, the whole team, the church leaders, wonderful food. Um, when I went, I was 150 pounds, so I'm just kidding. But, you know, <laughs> um, but, you know, we would eat. It was the first time I had menudo. That was something. Uh, but one of the last nights, we were eating these tacos. And so I'm eating these wonderful tacos, you know. And, we, and the chairs that were around these tables were kind of these, you know, those flimsy white lawn chair, you know, deck chair type things. And I heard it before I felt it. Pop! Pop, pop, pop. And I was on the floor about as fast as I've ever been on the floor in my entire life. But I landed right on my butt, chair, everything. Not to let a good taco go to waste, I simply reached up on the table, grabbed my taco, and continued to eat <laughs> on the floor. <laughs> and people would come, and they're like, Carl, can I, like, can I help you up? And, and there was about five to ten seconds of just pure shock from everyone and then uproarious laughter as there should have been. And I would just say, no, thank you. I will, I will continue to eat my tacos from the floor and get up when I'm good and ready. <laughs> and I, I can't say that after that moment, um, I had a distrust of chairs, but as you may be able to see, I'm not a small guy. And so there are things in that realm that I think about that maybe you don't think about. And, and, and chairs are something that I think about, you know, like, you know, those chairs that are at the wedding that fold out kind of awkwardly. And I'm like 50-50 on those things. When I go to sit down, it's like, I, I better have, you know, not done a leg workout you know, that, that day or the day before because I'm going to be feeling it in the quads because I'm going to put maybe... 70% of my weight on that chair. Then there's metal chairs. They're like the minivan of chairs, sturdy, dependable, you know. Then there's like the chairs that we have at the church. I don't really think about those much. They're nice, sturdy chairs. Trust is the same way. Our experiences with other people cause us to look at people as a whole through a different lens. And, and that chair didn't hold me. And so the trust that I have in that chair, I now think about with other chairs. But those other chairs didn't do anything. And those other chairs may well hold me. And maybe somebody tossed that metal chair that I'm more confident into the pile of chairs and something happened and the next time I sit on it, I'm gonna break it. I, you don't know. But that's, our, that's how we view trust. Our experiences with people either cause trust to grow or cause trust to shrink. And then that's the lens that we see through when it comes to other people. See, trust is um, one of the most powerful things that you can grow or one of the most devastating losses when it comes to human relationships. It's, it's something that... And, and we see it today, right? Like we see the erosion of trust. Maybe it's corporations. Maybe it's uh, politics. Maybe it's whatever it may be. Maybe it's the church. But as we see this erosion of trust in our society, 
that then leaks into other areas. Like, uh, you know, the NFL is rigged or a Bill's backup safety is actually a clone. And people believe this stuff. <laughs> and how long is it before then the institutions that we then distrust now leak into people? Well, because you are that or believe that or work for that, I now can no longer trust you. Believer, listen to me. If you are a believer, we must not, must not embrace a life of fear and paranoia, of distrust. We cannot embrace that. And, and I think there are pockets of Christianity, unfortunately, where that paranoia and that fear is synonymous with godliness. And it can't be. Building trust and becoming trustworthy that's a power move when it comes to friendships. And, and building that is so important and making sure that trust is at the center of our human relationships and that we don't allow the paranoia and the fear to stop us from building trust with people who may think differently than us, who, who, who may be a part of something that we may not agree with or even like on the surface, but building that trust is important to human relationships. And so as you can guess, I'm, what I'm not going to do this morning is give you the five steps, the eight principles, the seven ways to make new friends. And I'm not going to do that for two reasons. One, because I think we have programmed a lot of different stuff. Um, you, you can't program everything. Uh, the, the nine ways to build your faith, the, you know, whatever, you know, that not everything can be programmed. So I'm not going to program this. And then two, even if we do program that stuff, if I give you five ways and seven steps and 11 principles, if you and I aren't quality people, those things don't matter. It doesn't matter what the steps are. And so today, I want us to focus in on trust and the, and the building of trust and what that means. So I'm going to attack this from two areas. Number one, trusting God. See, I'm a, I'm a big believer that our state before the Lord is reflected in our interactions with people. Man, I love God. I've decided I don't really love people, though. You don't love God. That was rough, right? <laughs> but that's the truth. How we are before the Lord is, is reflected in how we interact with people. And so if I trust God, if I am trusting of God, then my trust towards people will be extended. If I am faithful to God, then my faithfulness towards people is in the proper person. If I love God, then my love towards people will be the correct kind of love. Um, I look at Numbers chapter 23, 19 and 20. God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of a man that he should repent. Has he said and will he not do it? 
Or has he spoken and he will not make it good? Behold, I have received a command to bless. When he has blessed, I cannot revoke it. Psalm chapter 89, 33 to 35. But I will not break off my loving kindness from him. He's talking about David here. Nor deal falsely in my faithfulness. My covenant I will not violate, nor will I alter the utterance of my lips. Once I have sworn by my holiness, I will not lie to David. Isaiah chapter 40, 25 and 26. To whom then will you liken me that I should be his equal, says the Holy One. Lift up your eyes on high and see who has created these stars. The one who leads forth their host by number. He calls them all by name. Because of the greatness of his might and the strength of his power, not one of them is missing. See, God is worthy of our trust simply because he's God. He's not man. He, he's, there is no equal to him. And I know sometimes we live a life where we try to make God equal or relatable to us. And, and that is a good tool, but that is not the only tool in the cabinet. And the proper perspective between us and God is that at the end of the day, he is not us and we are not him. He is here and I am here and yet still chooses to love me. See, we, can, we cannot lose the awe that comes with serving a God so much more powerful than us. Why, try, why serve someone on equal ground? He's not on equal ground. Who, who do you go to? And I know we live in this world where, you know, we like gossip. I'm, so, I'm sorry, vent. Um, <laughs> but we do it to people who are on equal level instead of going to the person that can actually do something about it. And that's God. What other all-powerful being do you know? What other being do you know that has no equal? You don't. He's the only one. And so God is worthy of our trust simply because he is God. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 to 10. We know this because it's Pastor Jim's favorite verse. <laughs> For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not as a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. Hebrews 12, one through three. Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us also lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who has endured such hostility by sinners against him, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Man, God has incredible plans for you. We trust God simply because he's God, but we also trust God because God has plans for you and God has accomplished plans in you already and you have a testimony of his faithfulness. And I know in a what have you done for me now type culture that we live in, sometimes that's hard to think about. 
But when you really think, like, like take a second right now and think about things that God has done for you or in you or through you, they're going to be more than what you think, more than in a moment of, of negativity or, or need or pain that you feel. God has done things in you and through you and with you and for you. And you have a testimony of that. So he is God and that alone is worthy of trust. But he also is worthy of trust because he does what he says he'll do. Because he laid out plans for you and he's accomplishing those plans for you and with you and in you and everything else. God is faithful and so he is worthy of that trust. Now... What happens when it doesn't feel that way? When God says things or does things or doesn't do things? And you have questions about those. You know, disciples had that same thing. He's, he's gathered around with, you know, a bunch of people and uh, basically says, uh, eat my flesh, drink my blood. And people are like, oh, <laughs> you mean metaphorically, right? He's like, I don't understand what you don't understand about this. Eat me, drink me. And people are like, yeah, what? <laughs> John chapter 6, verse 66. As a result, many of his disciples withdrew and were not walking with him anymore. So Jesus said to the 12, you do not want to go away also, do you? Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And that's the disciples going, I have no idea what you just said, but I trust you enough that whatever you just said are words of eternal life. What a place to get to with God. God, I don't understand this but I trust you enough to know that your leading and your guiding is for my good, is for the good of the kingdom, is for the good of, of showing other people love that they need to see. What a place to reach with our Father. And so trust, trusting God is integral. Trusting God extends past what I am able to understand when I know who he is and what he's done. And this is our foundation. Trusting God is the foundation for extending trust to people. You want to have good relationships with people? Your relationship with God is foundational for that. You have to have that to have that good relationship with people. So let's move into that. Trusting people. Okay. Now, I'm going to say some hard stuff here, but you need to hear it. I believe in you. <laughs> Psalm 139, 23 and 24. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my anxious thoughts and see if there be any hurtful way in me and lead me in the everlasting way. The path to any good human relationship is paved on the road of self-examination before the Lord. Take that in for a second. I have to look at Carl and the type of man that Carl is 
if I want to be a good friend, I have to work on Carl. If I want good friends, I have to work on Carl. I have to look inward. If I look around me, and I don't ever want to discount anybody's hurt or pain, but if I look around me and I've been surrounded by people that have hurt me and surrounded by people that have called, caused me pain and surrounded by people that have done a disservice to me, that I, I believe that. If I, if I am surrounded by that, I have to examine my own heart before the Lord. What am I attracting? Who am I attracting? What kind of situations am I putting myself in? And I'm not saying for me to do that. that. That is a level and you can do that. I'm saying before the Lord, Father, show me a reflection of my own heart. Father, Father, work on the things within me. And, and that's a painful process <laughs> because it's pieces of me being torn out that maybe they're not good, but they're comfortable. Self-examination is, is the road. It's paved the road to good relationships. We have to look inward first. We have to work on us first. And, and in working on us, you being trustworthy will attract trustworthy people. So as I look at this, I think about all of these different, like what's, what's the bare minimum type stuff that you want from a friend? Proverbs 27, 17. We love this one, right men? We'll quote, quote this one all day. <laughs> iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another. Matthew 18, 15. If your brother sins, go and show him his fault in private. If he listens to you, you've won your brother. Galatians 6, 1 through 2, brethren, even if anyone is caught in any trespass, you who are spiritual, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, each one looking to yourself so that you too will not be tempted. Bear one another's burdens and thereby fulfill the law of Christ. Hebrews 10, 23 to 25, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds, not forsaking our own assembling together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging, encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. James 5, 13 to 16. Is anyone among you suffering? Then he must pray. Is anyone cheerful? He is to sing praises. Is anyone among you sick? Then he must call for the elders of the church and they are to pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. Then the prayer offered in faith will restore the one who is sick and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, they will be forgiven him. Here we go. You ready? Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another so that you may be healed. The effective prayer of a righteous man can accomplish much. 1 John 3, 16 and 17. We know love by this, that he laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. But whoever has the world's goods and sees his brother in need and closes his heart against him, how does the love of God abide in him? 
And that, that's just a couple of verses where we get just kind of the bare minimum for what human relationship should look like within the body of Christ, what our friendship should look like. And I, I kind of condense that into a list that you guys will see on the slide right here, but it's investment in each other. That's that iron sharpening iron. Confronting sin, Matthew 18. There's a biblical hierarchy with how to confront sin in your friendships. Bearing burdens, Galatians chapter 6. Encourage each other towards God's purpose for your life. Push each other on. I believe in you. I love you. I see what God has for you. Hebrews chapter 10. Confession of sin. Let me, can I park here for a minute? (laughs) This is without a doubt one of the most difficult ones on this list. Maybe the most difficult. In the sense that for me to tell a shortcoming to a friend, for me to tell a friend about habitual sin, porn habit, cheating on a spouse, um, stealing, you know, you're, you're taking money from your job, you're doing whatever. Um, it's important for us to create spaces where there's no shame. But if somebody hides that stuff, sometimes it's not just about that. Sometimes it's just because they want to do what they want to do. And, and I, I haven't figured out the answer to that one. I, I haven't. I'm, I'm just going to be straight with you. But that is one that, man, if we could nail down, if we could nail down sharing our shortcomings, like our deep shortcomings with the people in our lives, with our friends, oh, I, I just think the church would explode, man. The meeting of needs and that passage of scripture, like you have the gospel and you're sharing the love of Christ and that's wonderful. But if you walk by a friend that's in need of something, you, you've done a great disservice. There's having the gospel and then there's a living gospel. There's, there's our heart and our soul becoming alive in Christ. And then there's tangible action for that. And we should be able to meet those needs with our friends. And so you see this list. That's the bare, like that's the bare minimum of just good friendship. Can I, can I be vulnerable with you? If I have a need, can you meet it? Can I help you meet needs? Can I encourage you? I'm not going to talk junk about other people around you. I'm not going to talk junk about other people, period. I'm going to encourage you. I'm going to lead you on and, and be led on to these wonderful works and purposes in God. And what I've learned in this life is that despite I'm a personable guy, <laughs> um, but my friendships run deep and it took me years to make those connections because I watch and, and if our conversation is one where it's gossip about people, how long before you gossip about me? If I do that, how long before I gossip about you? And so looking at people and their character, like, you don't want just anybody doing this stuff. You want people that you trust. 
You want people that you trust feeding into that. And so building up that trust with the Lord extends the trust towards other people. See, when our trust in God, get this, please get this. When our trust in God increases, our unhealthy expectations of people decreases. This allows the fear of betrayal to be overwhelmed by the love of God. Your unhealthy expectations on people, you, the, the way that we lean on people, when we weren't supposed to lean on them in that way, we were supposed to lean on God in that way. It releases people from these unhealthy expectations and any fear that I may have of being vulnerable with them gets covered over by the love of God. Why? Because my trust is in the Father, not in you. And, and I don't mean that in a negative way, like I don't believe in you or I don't love you. But there are ways that I am to lean on God that I'm not supposed to lean on you. And you don't want that. I don't want that. So when our faith is where it needs to be, it frees us to be better people for each other. It frees us to develop the trust needed for these friendships. Love God, trust God, and you'll be able to trust people so well because we don't place the expectations on them that are unhealthy. Look for those things, that list, look for that in other people and pursue them. Pursue that list within yourself and you'll attract those people. I know I said I wasn't going to tell you how to make friends, <laughs> but that's one of the best ways I know. Who is Carl before the Lord? How do I view God? And as I answer those questions, those are the type of people that I happen to find myself next to. And it's a beautiful thing. I'd like to thank you guys for listening. Hope you have a wonderful rest of your day, wonderful rest of your week. Tune in next week.